try to speak English today. That might help. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13 is where I want to start. Peter writes this way. Now, I'm reading from the English Standard. You may be reading from the King James, and they all sound great. Therefore, prepare your minds for action or gird up your loins of your mind. Be sober. Set your hope fully on the grace that brought you into the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, don't be conformed to the passions of your ignorant or of your former ignorance. But as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct, for it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout this time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. Let's, let, me, let me put that into a verse you may, or, or, or the King James, that maybe you kind of remember. It says, For as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by the traditions of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Peter uses that and it it really doesn't matter what version of the Bible you kind of get into. They almost all, there may be a few that do a different word, but almost all of them, they use that, the precious blood. Precious blood. What makes the blood of Jesus so precious? It's not the blood type, if you will, although I could preach a little cliche because all of us have a blood type. And there's, there's some of you nurses would know a whole lot more than I know, but you've got, you know, a, a positive and B positive, and then I think they even go A negative and B negative, and sometimes you start splitting them and they got different antigens in there and then you have that, that type O, and if I'm not mistaken, it's the type O that's the universal donor. And if, if you have a, a O blood type, you can, you can give blood to just about anybody in this world. And so if you're a universal blood donor, uh, they, they like that. And then, of course, there's ways to separate the blood, and you can get just the plasma and, 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 or, or just the, the, the cells. And all of that is good, but that's not necessarily what makes Jesus' blood so precious. I'm going to preach a little bit different tonight or today, this morning, whatever we're at. My wife's been going. I've had three kids all by myself. I don't know how you do it. I love you, Sister Buford. You are awesome. I'll never, I'll never complain again. I'll never complain again. Never complain again. Uh, I'm so excited. She's coming home. I'm going to get to go fishing. We're going to have like nine inches of rain this week. Thanks a lot. But I love you, but I, I want to, you, you can be seated. You're more than welcome to stand here. You'll, you'll catch on real quick what I'm doing. But I want to talk about what makes the blood of Jesus so precious. We had Easter Sunday last Sunday, and it was awesome. And, man, the presence of God was here. And But I, I kind of, I went home, and, and to be honest, I went home and I said, you know what, I, I didn't preach a whole ton about, about the blood of Jesus. I didn't preach a, a whole ton about the, the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. I, I probably preach more of a day of Pentecost message, if you will. It's just how it worked. But I begin to think about that. I, I, I've been doing a series, and, and I, probably this could have been a pillar of our faith part of it. 
Because I think the blood of Jesus is absolutely critical and crucial to the foundation of everything we are. We talk about who Jesus is, who God is, and that's important. But without the death, without the burial, without the resurrection, what do you and I have? It's useless. It's pointless. It it doesn't matter. And so I want to just join with me if you want to. I may not sing it in the right tempo, but I want to just go back a little bit and sing some of those songs that we don't always sing. But thank you. Well, they all all left me. But thank you, Sister Lee, for... For, for leading us in, in, in a new blood song. I, I hope that as our generations move forward, we don't forget the importance of the blood of Jesus Christ. That we don't forget that you, you can't ever get away from that fact that Jesus had to die. And it wasn't some cute little uh, uh, perfect death. It was bloody. It was painful. It would have caused every one of us to turn our head and try not to look we'd have been very uncomfortable in how it all played out but he did it for you he did it for me and Peter said his blood is precious it goes a little bit like this alas and did my Savior bleed and did my sovereign die would he that sacred hand for such a world as I or was it for Christ that I have done that he groaned upon the tree amazing pity grace unknown and love beyond degree but drops of grief can never pay the debt of love I owe here Lord I give myself away tis all Now you can join in, help me. Say at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and
sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. There at the cross where he took me in, I say glory to his name. Oh, glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Oh, precious fountain that saves from sin.
nothing but the blood of Jesus and what can make me whole again there's nothing but the blood of Jesus and oh precious is the flow
when you begin to sing about it, it's not just the nostalgia of some old songs that hits you, but it's because you begin to put in words some things that are carved in the stone of God's word. He took my sin away. He saved me. He redeemed me. If you would have known what this old worm used to look like and be like and acted like and talk like, you'd understand why I get a little excited when I think about what he did for me. So let me help you out. In about the next seven to eight minutes, let me tell you why the blood of Jesus is precious. These are not necessarily in any kind of order. But Matthew 26 said that it's the blood of the covenant which was poured out for many, the forgiveness of sin. Let me tell you why I get excited about the blood of Jesus. It forgives me of my sin. I could preach a deep message today. I could use the big words that every once in a while I like to do, but you need to remember this. The reason we thank God for the blood is he forgave you for the blood. For those of you that need big words, for those of you that say, Pastor, you gotta, you know, uh, uh, help me out. Let me tell you what it does. It atones and it expects, or, or, or there's an expectation for it. For the Bible says this in Leviticus 17, the life of the creature is in the blood and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that make atonements for one's life. That's what it was in the Old Testament blood of bullocks and goats and sheep but Romans 3 24 says through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forth to be a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith propitiation and expiation it means to make amends or to make reparations for guilt or wrongdoing Listen to me for just a moment. There's a lot in this liberal, you can stand, you can worship, keep doing it. But in this liberal society, there is an understanding that if, you did, if your great, 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 great grandfather did something, you need to pay for their sin. It's called reparations, okay? You had nothing to do with that. You're not responsible for what your great-great-great-great-grandfather did. But can I tell you that Jesus was never responsible for what you did. Jesus was never responsible for the fact that Adam and Eve left the garden and were kicked out. But he said, tell you what, I wasn't responsible, but I'll pay your price. I'll make an atonement. I'll make a reparation for you. Romans 5 says, since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God, that while we were yet enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. When I think about the blood, I think that he justified me and brought me back into covenant. I'm 
redeemed. We sing that old song, I am redeemed by, blo- by love divine. Oh, glory, glory, Christ is mine. It says that in him, Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. That's why his blood is precious. That's why we sing and we shout. Ephesians 2 and verse 12 says this. Remember that you were one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant of promise. You had no hope and you were without God in the world. But now in Jesus Christ, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Let me tell you what the blood of Christ does. It brings me close to Jesus. It brings me into relationship with Jesus. I'm no longer a stranger. I'm no longer on the outside looking in. It brings me. I was once far off, but now I'm near. Let me tell you what else the blood does. Colossians chapter 1. It says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. It goes on to give us a beautiful idea and understanding of who Jesus is. He's the image of an invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him things were created in heaven on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things. In him all things hold together. He's the head of the church, the head of the body. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him the fullness of the Godhead was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of the cross Brother Harpole I'm just dumb enough to take the Bible at face value when it says reconcile all things you know what that means all things that meant in heaven before time began when the third of the angels decided to leave and separate and and leave God it, it kind of if you will there was a fracture that happened and it messed up earth down below and it messed up humanity and it messed up creation but on that cross creation said all things are going to be made right on that cross humanity said I now have an opportunity to be at peace he brings peace because of his blood. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 says, since, and we're talking about Jesus having flesh and blood, Jesus being humanity. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through the fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Before Jesus came along, the best you could ever do is look and say, God, would you just kind of roll my sins away a little bit, but I'm going to seemingly forever be connected to the fact that I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity, but Jesus comes, he dies on the cross, and he says, I know you were born in sin, but let's be born again in the newness of life. He destroyed the one who has power of death. Hebrews chapter 9 says that Jesus entered once and for all 
into the holy places, not by means of blood and goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. And if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of the defiled persons with ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, how much more will that purify our conscience from dead works? to serve the living God. Let me tell you what Jesus did when he died on the cross. His blood secured us an eternal redemption. Not only that, let me keep going. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, one of the greatest things that he did past our salvation is the fact that we have the confidence we can enter into the holy places of God because he has died on the cross. What that means is you can come to church on a Sunday morning here the last Sunday of April and you can lift up holy hands and you can worship and you're in the presence of God you don't have to go through priests you don't have to go through rigmarole you don't have to go through all of these circumstantial things you can come into his presence because of the blood Hebrews 13 12 said Jesus suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify his people through his blood not only did he justify you but now he can sanctify you meaning it's an ongoing change 1 John 1 and verse 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. I'm thankful. I can stand here today and say I'm clean. I've been washed in the blood. That's why we sing those songs. I've been washed in the blood. Here in just a little bit, when we get done preaching here momentarily and we sing a little bit, the kids are going to come up because Olivia Stortz, she's been praying. She's been in our, our children's churches and, and, and Sunday school, and she's been talking to me. She says, I want to be baptized. So I sit her down. I say, well, explain it. Talk to me. Tell me why. And because of the teaching and because of her parents and because of Sunday school teachers, she understands I don't want to live in this life anymore. She's repented of her sins, and here in a moment we're going to baptize her in Jesus' name. Why? Because the blood cleanses. Bible says in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, the last part of verse 5, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and make, made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. Listen to me. It's not enough that he washed your old sin away. It's not enough that he just took all of the things that, that are records against you and he expunged the record, but he says, I'm even able to keep you from future sins if you'll let me work in your life. Now don't get me wrong, don't anybody quote and walk home and say, oh, pastor says once saved, always saved. No, absolutely not. But what I'm saying is he expunged your record and now you can be born again and you can walk in newness of life and you can allow that temptation that used to control you go by the wayside and you walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. 
is Revelation 5 and 1 that begins to remind us that it's all throughout the Bible but as we get to the end of the Bible it reminds us that they sang a new song saying worthy are you to take the scroll and open the seal for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. It's efficacious. You knew that word was going to pop in somewhere. It never loses its power. It never runs out. I, I was doing a little bit of study uh, before church, and I don't have it all in, in front of me, but, but help me, some of you nurses, maybe you'll, you'll help me remember, but I think regular whole units of blood can only be saved for about 40-something days, and then they go, they go bad or they don't use them anymore. If they separate it into plasma, that can last a little bit longer frozen. But our blood has an expiration date. And so if you go to the Red Cross and you begin to give blood, if they don't have a need for that blood or if they don't use it, it goes bad. But can I tell you, 2,000 years later, the blood still works to every tribe, to every language, to every people, and to every nation. John is getting close to the end of his life and the end of the vision. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Let's go back to verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Paul said it this way. I'm more than a conqueror. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what makes the blood precious. That's what makes these songs have some power in them. And like I said, it can be the old hymns or it can be the new ones like we sung today. But when you begin to talk about what he did on Calvary, it's precious. It's precious. I know my audience today. I understand who you are and where you come from, most of you. There may be one or two that I've not got a chance to meet yet. But can I tell you that the blood of Jesus is not just for the sinner. For the sinner, the blood of Jesus forgives. For the sinner, the blood of Jesus ransoms you from out of Satan's grasp. For the sinner, the blood of Jesus redeems and washes away your sin if you'll be baptized in the name of Jesus. But to the saint, to those that have walked that path of Acts 2.38 and others, for those that have repented of your sins and been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins and you've received the gift of a spirit, then the blood of Jesus still is needed in your life. It, it sanctifies. It's what's going to continue to allow you to walk like Him. See, living for God is a process. There's a new birth experience that takes place. But then there's a life that has to be lived. And that life that you live in Him, you're maturing, you're growing, you're, you're, you're becoming more like Him. Until one day that trumpet sounds and the Bible says we'll be like Him. We'll see him as he is. Right now, we only get glimpses. Right now, we only get the feeling and the touch. And we, we, we may know in part. We may see in part. But on that day, we'll know fully. Because the blood of Jesus is active in our life.
not going to take it. I'm, I told you I was going to preach for about seven minutes, and I did, roughly. But even simple things like, by his stripes, we are healed, still tells me that that healing doesn't happen without the blood. I could go on and on and on. I don't really know how many I, I gave you. I probably should have numbered them. But at one point, I had over 30. I was trying to move and condense and make sure I didn't have doubles. But at one point, I had over 30 things that the blood of Jesus does. That's why Peter said, it's precious. I wonder if we could stand all across this building. Again, I, I, cannot, I cannot tell you where... You need to apply that blood to your life. If you're in this building and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, that's probably one of the places you need to start. You need to repent of your sins and ask Him to forgive you of your sins and then allow the waters of baptism to wash and cleanse you. Maybe you've already done that. Maybe you just need to allow that sanctification power of His blood to be at work in your life so you can continue to grow in newness of life but can I tell you today the blood still works it's not going to lose its power it works for me work for my parents, my grandparents, my great grandparents it's going to work for my children and their children and as we sing this old hymn I invite you to find where it is in your life you need the blood to be applied and you need to let that blood begin to work at your life. I open altars. Whether, whether you can get here, I know as we grow, our altar space is getting a little smaller. But I encourage you to step out of where you are and lift your voice and lift your hands and lift your praise. And let the blood of Jesus still work in your life. Would you begin to talk to him? Would you begin to thank him for what he's done in your life? That blood. Way it started way back. On Calvary. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never.
each and every one of us to get out of our pews and let's gather as a church family at this front. And as we sing this song, at the very least, we need to thank him for what he's done in your life. I cannot help but sing these songs and take some walk back down memory lane and begin to realize how far he brought me and how far he's kept me and what he's done for me. And so I encourage you as we sing, if the very least, let it be praise to him.